Suppose there was a group who set out for a fishing trip. The group was led by a guide who they trusted would lead them to like fish. Spot. Plenty of fish here. He led them to water, but the group became full of excuses for why they couldn't fish. Some people came on the trip dressed the part and full of great fishing stories, but never seemed to do anything. Some claim they did not have the heart for fishing. I can't fish. Hooking a worm? It's just too cruel. But you know it's a rubber worm, right? Some said the work should be left to those whom were more skilled in the art of fishing. Carl, he's really good at casting. Shouldn't he be doing all the fishing? No, no, you can do it. It's really simple. Look, some claim that fishing was not their gift. Hey, uh, uh, fishing's really not my thing. In fact, it scored a zero on my spiritual gifts test, so... No, we could still really use your Before help. the guide could yeah. finish, Carl interrupted him. I think I got one! Hey, great! Mind helping out with some of the others? No, it's okay. Carl was more impressed with catching fish on his own than he was in helping people out, like Greg here. I got a small problem here. My line's a little tangled up. Oh, my goodness. How in the world did that... Some of the people fishing said they just didn't have time to fish. Matt, where are you going? Oh, yeah. I have an appointment. Um, it's a thing that's going around... It's okay, I got, a, I got a stick. It's doing great, it's great. Whoa. Oops. And some people, well, they just had problems. Hey, uh, my hook's caught on something. What's it caught on? If everyone did their part, imagine the fish that could be caught. Are stories that teach us something. So, just uh, shout it out. What do you think? What was the point of that uh, of that story? Evangelism, yeah. But people make excuses, and uh, what's that? Go fishing alone. Go fishing alone. Uh, yeah, I think that was the uh, the ultimate thing. But this is it's a parable for the church, and and these are the excuses that all of us make when we talk about our mission, which is to say it with me: make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So when we talk about fishing, well, in fact, the scripture day is about Jesus telling us that He's going to have us fish for people. It's about fulfilling our mission, and all of us, every single one of us, are called to that mission. We're continuing our sermon series on Vision Twenty Thirty. The vision God has cast for our church, that who are we going to be as a church by 2030? And our vision statement is bridging people to Jesus the rock through relationships with deeply committed disciples who love, learn, and launch. And last week, we talked about our first of our three focus areas, that we are all, that everyone, everyone that comes in these doors, everyone that calls himself a Christian is called into a life of service. You know, for too long we've had the 80-20 the rule, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. We're not going to accept that anymore. We want everyone to do their part so that everyone bears a little bit of the burden of the mission of Jesus Christ that we've been given. The, next week we're going to talk about the, uh, the third focus area, which is that we are going to be a church that makes leaders to transform the world. And then today we are talking about that we are called to be a disciple-making church. Because what was wrong in that video is that too often churches have focused on making converts, not disciples. We focus on making converts. That 
we get people in the door, we get people to say yes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but when we push them in that question, and I've done this a lot, I'll ask people, what does it mean to you if you say that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? And time and time again, they'll say, it's that Jesus died for my sins so I can go to heaven. And I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's the Savior part. But what does it mean for Jesus to be your Lord, to be the Lord of your life? This is where we have to not just stop at people saying yes to Jesus and having a life. That's great. Yeah, you get to spend eternity with God. That is a wonderful bonus. But that is not what the life of Christ is about. A life with Jesus is learning to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus never calls us to make converts. He calls us to make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So yeah, we want people to say yes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but that's only the beginning of a lifelong journey. I found this quote in studying for this sermon, and uh, I thought it was, was perfect. It said, this is from Relevant Magazine, a Christian publication. Out of our desire to win converts, we've often tried to make Jesus more convenient. That's what our culture is all about, right? We want it fast, we want it convenient, we want it now. So we water it down the gospel to reflect the culture, an easy trap to fall into. And we often make Jesus, following Jesus, comfortable and easy, reducing the expectations. You don't have to do anything, just believe. Well, folks, Jesus does ask things of you. Jesus does want things of you. Now, you can't earn your salvation. You can't earn your way to be saved. And God's love for you is unconditional. I want you to hear that first and foremost. But Jesus does expect things from you. Jesus does want things from you. Jesus wants nothing less than everything. You know, you hear a lot of people all the time say, I love Jesus, but I can't stand the church. Who's, who heard that before? I love Jesus. And it's kind of a ridiculous statement, right? But I think the reason that people say that is too often the church doesn't look a lot like Christ. And we don't look like Christ because we've not done the work of discipleship well. So we are going to be a church that doesn't stop when people say yes to Christ. We are going to be a church that makes disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, when Christ calls, we come to die. We die to self. We die to who we were. We talked about repentance. Joy talked about repentance. That when you become a Christian, you have to change your life. Repentance, exactly what she said, does not just mean saying sorry. It means that you are heading on your own path towards sin and death and destruction. And when Jesus called you and you said yes to Christ, you turned the other way and you started walking towards Christ. And that's a long, lifelong journey. Jesus calls us to make disciples of all the nations, for the transformation of the world. And what is a disciple? We define a disciple as one who loves God and neighbor, who learns what it means to follow Jesus and launches into mission and service. Our scripture today, and this is going to bring us into this discussion of what it means to make disciples, is from Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. That's what it says. As Jesus passed along the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people right away. Notice the immediacy of that statement. Not 
tomorrow, not next week, not after they found out, you know, how great his dental plan was, right away, (laughs) right away, they left their nets and followed him. After going a little farther, he saw James and John, Zebedee's son, in their boat repairing the fishing nets. At that very moment, he called them. They followed him, leaving their father in the boat with their hired workers. I want you to imagine this. Imagine a wandering evangelist comes into your place of work or your house or your social club or walks up on the golf course or comes into your school and says, stop what you're doing, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. This is a crazy story. All of a sudden, they just stop what they're doing and they follow the stranger. They leave everything. They leave their livelihoods. They leave their families. And all of a sudden, their life takes on a whole new direction. Sounds a lot different than the way we respond to Christ. At least a lot different than the way I respond to Jesus. Now, I'm not telling you that Jesus is going to come into your life right now and tell you to walk away from everything. This is a very special circumstance. In fact, Jesus wants us to be good stewards. He wants us to to be at our jobs, and because that's our mission field, right? Your school, your job, your, your places your, of influence, that's your mission field. Your families, it's, it's important. That's also your mission field. If you're a parent, your family is your mission field. If you're a kid, you have parents, they're your mission field too. But Jesus called, and they dropped everything, and they completely changed the way, the, the way that they were living, They dropped everything. They dropped their nets. They abandoned their family to follow Jesus who is in their midst. You know, we experience that same Jesus. That same God that was there on the Galilee Sea is the same God who's saying, come to each of us. Why aren't we changing our lives? Why aren't we following Jesus? Why do we keep going the same path that we were going before Dietrich Bonhoeffer again said, when Jesus calls, it's a call to come and die. Your old life ends and a new life starts. You are a new creation in Christ. It should look different. You should not do the same things that you did before. You have a new purpose, a new life, a new goal. And God has these incredible, powerful dreams for your life. If only we are to say yes. So what is a disciple? What does it look like? Well, Jesus says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Jesus says, come. This is one of the most beautiful things of what we believe. We believe that Jesus is calling every single person on this planet into relationship. That Jesus is trying to woo people to just say yes. And if you've never said yes to Christ, I want to invite you to think about that today. It's saying yes to Christ. It's the beginning of the greatest journey that you could possibly ever go on. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's difficult. But you get to go about it with Jesus. And you get to go about it with all these amazing friends and family who walk alongside you. So first we have to say yes to God. We have to turn away from sin and turn to Jesus. But again, my friends, that is simply the beginning of the journey. Don't allow yourself to get stopped there. That's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. He says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Follow me. If we want to see our church as a world-changing 
mission, a world-changing movement. We need each and every person to follow Jesus. You know, the 12 disciples, a disciple is a follower. They were apprenticing themselves to the life of Jesus. And then after Jesus left, they went out and they gathered followers. And then they went out and they gathered followers. And this is how the church multiplies, is each person going out into the world and making more disciples. But before we know what it means to be a disciple, we have to apprentice our lives to Jesus. Hear this quote from that same article. Jesus is part of our lives when he should be our life. He is life. Following him requires all of our life. The disciples ate, drank, sweat, and slept ministry from when Jesus called them to the day they died. Jesus wasn't part of life. He was their life. We are all guilty of putting things above Jesus, whether it's health or wealth or comfort, causes, dreams, hobbies, or interests. We all come to Jesus with expectation of what he will do for us. We all have our passions and causes But Jesus didn't come to take sides. Jesus came to take over. Jesus didn't come to take sides. Jesus came to take over. Come, follow me. Pattern your life after Jesus. Commit to a lifelong of growth, of discipleship, of making your life like Jesus. And then the promise is, I will make. Isaiah 64, 8 says this, But now, Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, you are the potter, and all of us are the work of your hand. I will make. If you partner with Jesus, if you say, I will follow you, Jesus, God is going to start shaping you as a potter shapes the clay into something beautiful and something wonderful and something that's going to produce fruit in a mighty and wonderful way. But we have to commit to following Jesus. We have to commit to being who Jesus wants us to be, to being open. You know, a, clay, a piece of clay, if you've ever seen it, it starts out as a lump, right? And you cannot tell what that lump is going to be. But if you've ever watched a potter slowly work that into some piece of beautiful artwork, you know what we're talking about. Now imagine that you're that piece of clay. You say, Jesus, here's my life. I want to follow you. And Jesus begins to work. And all of our excuses, all of our flaws, all of our mistakes get worked into this beautiful masterpiece that God wants to do. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God has gifted you. God has designed you. Your responsibility is saying yes to Jesus. Yes to I will follow. And God will make you into the piece of beautiful art that God has designed you to be. I will make you fishers of people. And then, once we have learned, once we know that we love God, once we have learned what it means to follow Jesus, we go out in the world and we make disciples for the transformation of the world. We don't just stop. We don't stop anywhere on that. We don't stop with yes. We don't stop with I will follow. We don't stop with Jesus making us into this beautiful piece of, clay, or of artwork, we don't stop until we're making disciples and we're mentoring those people and they are making more disciples for the transformation of the world. God calls you to be a co-worker, a partner, 
with what Jesus is doing in this world. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome that Jesus wants you, that Jesus desires you, that Jesus has designed this whole world for us to work with God in making what God wants in this world? Imagine, we all complain about how awful our world is. 240 million Christians in America. Over a billion Christians in the world. I think a lot of that's on us. We have to do better. We have to do more. We have to go out into the world where there's pain, where there's suffering, where people are lost, and show them the light of Christ. This is God's plan for making the world a better place so that we go and we make disciples, and then they make disciples, and they make disciples, and soon all people are following Jesus. Don't you think the world would be a better place if every single person loved their enemies? Don't you think the world would be a better place if when we had a problem with someone, we would go to them and deal with it instead of just talking to everybody else and causing more problems? Don't you think the world would be a better place if those of us who have much gave to those who don't? The plan is there. The path is before us. We just have to make disciples so the world can be transformed and believe it in our hearts. And we can make the world a better place. Remember, we are called to make disciples and not converts. Converts are believers who live in the world and live like the world. Disciples are believers who live like Jesus. Converts are focused on their own values, interests, worries, fears, priorities, and lifestyles. Disciples are focused on Jesus. Converts go to church. Disciples are the church. Converts are involved in the mission of Jesus. Disciples are committed to it. Converts cheer from the sidelines. That's great. You guys go fishing. We'll watch it from over here. Disciples are in the game. Converts hear the word of God. Disciples live it. Converts follow the rules. Disciples follow Jesus. Converts are all about believing. Disciples are about being. Converts are comfortable. Disciples make sacrifices. Converts talk. Disciples make more disciples. You know, Jesus, and Josh said this beautifully, Jesus wants all of us. And it's not easy. And and we know we're going to make mistakes. And and Jesus is going to forgive us when we do, as long as we're trying and we're growing. But Jesus wants all of us. And I had a a bit of an experience of that this week. Uh, You may not know this about your pastor, but I'm an incredibly competitive person. Uh, not that I'm good at things, but I want to win at everything, and I'm always right. Um, just don't ask Michelle. She's probably right more than, more than I am. But on Friday, my, my good friend Dina invited me to compete in the Hunger Games for the Backpack Buddies, to raise money for Backpack Buddies in Round Rock. And uh, we were playing all these different sports. Uh, we were playing volleyball and basketball and kickball and wiffle ball. And not, not really thanks to me, but my team was, was really good. And uh, we won a lot, and it was a lot of fun. And, uh, but we were playing volleyball, and I, I was serving, and I hit the volleyball, and the, the ref called a lane violation. I mean, not a lane, but a, a line violation on me. And I was so mad because I did not cross the line. <laughs> so this day, I would go and argue with her that I did not cross that line. But I had a, I had a choice in that moment of, of who I am going to be. Am I going to be the type of person at a charity event that goes up to the ref <laughs> and yells at her because she didn't make the call right just because I want to win? Or am I going to be the kind of person that follows Jesus 
in every moment, every day, to every person, and be a light for Christ. Church, we have to choose who we are going to follow this day. So our our vision 2030 is that we are going to be a disciple-making church. We're going to be, as I said, a leader-making church, a serving church, and a disciple-making church. So we're going to help you no matter where you are. That's, that's one of the roles. I know I've been mentioning Randy a lot, but I'm excited to bring him on staff. And he has a very important job because it's going to be his job along with the rest of the staff to find out where you are. When we, we become Christians, we're like babies, right? And we have to mature. So what we're going to try to help you do through our process of discipleship is help you take that next step of faith. So we're going to talk to you. If you, if, you need, if you don't know where you are, we want you to come to us and, and say, we need help to figure out where we are, and we want to take that next step in faith. And so we have classes. We have a 101 class that's going to be taught by Ashley Garib in October. If you're just in it, you just need the basics. We have a spiritual gift inventory. If you're, if you're wanting to serve and you want to find out where you're gifted, then talk to Randy about a spiritual gift inventory. And then we're going to have an advanced class, or we already do, led by Lisa on our Parables Bible study that already meets on Wednesday, and you can dig deeper into who Jesus is and what Jesus is calling you to do. Wherever you are, we're going to help you take that next step. And then we're going to send you to our life groups, because we think you have to have a group of people that you can do life together, right? And that can walk with you along, along the way. And be there when you're hurting and when you're sad so that you can bear burdens when someone else is hurting and they're sad so you can pray for one another and you can talk about what it means to follow Jesus in your daily life. We have mentors if you want that one-on-one relationship. So we have, no matter where you are or what you need, our goal is to meet you and help you take that next step so we can be a disciple-making church and we can move you on so you can make disciples so we can truly transform our neighborhoods and our world. And we want to help you find your giftedness in the world around us. So we need to choose today. I know you are busy. I I get it. But again, just like in that fishing video, we have a lot of excuses. We make time for the things that are important to us. You need to make time for worship, which you're here, so good job. You need to make time to spend with God every single day. You need to make time to serve at least one hour either inside the church or outside the church every single week. And you need to make time every single week to gather with other Christians and grow in your faith. Stop making excuses. Stop it. Commit to following Jesus. Get in the game. Get in here and make disciples for the transformation of the world because it will change your life and it will change the life of those around you. I'm going to leave you with this quote. From, a, uh, from Gertrude the Great. This is what she said. Consume my heart with the burning fire which yours is aflame. Pour down on my soul those graces which flow from your love. Let my heart be united with yours. Let my will be conformed with yours in all things. May your will be the rule of all of my desires.